So welcome back everyone. Uh, we are here today with Jeff Rothstein and I'd like to continue our conversation. Uh, last time we talked about uh, corporate and mission veterinary pa partners and just kind of business and veterinary medicine. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about just managing your life and veterinary medicine. Um, so here let's continue the conversation with Dr. Jeff Rothstein. Kind of a slightly different path. Uh, so I get a lot of vet students at my clinic, um, most of them from LMU, um, Lincoln Memorial University. Um, yeah. So I, I try, I find myself trying to summarize usually all my mistakes. <laughs> um, so they hopefully don't have to make the same mistakes. Um, because that's what my mentors did for me. And I remember, yep, that's clear as day. Don't do that. There's a brick wall. Don't run into it. And, and I would just full, full force ahead, run right into the brick wall. Um, but what would you tell us, uh, a vet student or a young vet, you know, right around graduation that maybe would keep them out of some headache or some heartache, or at least warn them what they're walking into? Sure. So I'm going to hit on strategic planning, um, which yeah. many veterinary clinics don't do from a business aspect. But I think um, you got to think of yourself as your own individual business where you did relief and stuff. So I think it's the career planning and basically sitting down at least once a year and saying, here's, you know, what I'm hoping to achieve. These are my goals. Uh, yeah. And that's both personal, professional, and really keeping on track so you don't get into a rut. I mean, it's easy mm -hmm. to get into this five to seven years and saying, hey, you know what, I'm, you know, I'm a little tired of looking at, you know, skin and ears and rears and uh, <laughs> yeah. And where am I going with it? Or, you know, it used to be that ownership was, you know, something that was easy to slide into. I don't know if that's going to be a challenge now. So mm -hmm. I think really being proactive about your career and what you want to do with it. Like you said, there's a lot of options that you can do with the degree. And so just staying ahead of the eight ball, I think, is, is the big thing. And I think that's helped me some personally because some of it was planning, some of it may be dumb luck. Uh, I don't know, but it seems like for me, every four years, I made a change in the clinic. So I didn't get bored. My first four was, you know, running a practice, learning to practice. My second four, I really felt like I was, uh, I was mostly mobile at the time, so really honing in on practice, and then I'm building a practice. So I always felt like in this profession, I can change so I'm not bored and not just giving vaccines or, you know, what have you. I mean, there's always some of that, but I've liked being able to kind of guide my course. And a lot of that I can do because I own my own practice, but I don't think people who don't own a practice won't, won't have that ability either in, in, in our profession. Um, if they think about it, like you said, and plan ahead a little bit. So. Yeah. And and I think keeping an eye on, you know, so there's strategic planning, there's financial planning. I think looking at that aspect, too, is, you know, somewhat significant because you can uh, everything's 
easier when you start earlier, you know, even in terms of career planning, but also the financial planning aspect. And so, you know, just making sure that you're, um, whether it's being involved in the 401ks or just looking mm -hmm. at, hey, um, you know, time goes by quickly and where am I going to be in 10 and 15 years? And, um, you know, I want to be happy with the career choice. So you have to make it work for you. Yeah. Is there something um, that you've learned, I guess, in your career that coming out or maybe, maybe that you've seen younger vets coming out and having a mindset or a conception of what vet medicine would be like. And you're like, um, that's not exactly what this is like. Is there something you could say, Hey, watch out for this now, because you're going to hit that along the line somewhere that that's not quite what it was billed to be or. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, there's folks like yourself that, you know, we're in the trenches as a technician. Mm -hmm. I think, um, look, in, in some ways, it's almost like a, a religion, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's why I think a lot of us are really passionate about it. But you um, need to immerse yourself in the, obviously, there's a lot of different things, but let's talk about the clinic world. You need to immerse yourself in that and see if that wows you. And for some people, if you mm -hmm. didn't spend time ahead and you were just idealistic that, oh, wow, this, you know, this thing of being a veterinarian seems, you know, great. I'm going to, you know, help save animals. Da, da, da. Um, you can run into, you know, trouble, especially you can be in a fast paced environment. Maybe your income isn't what, you know, uh, you would like it to be. And so I think just having your eyes wide open and again, visiting different practices. And I uh, actually uh, took a year out, accepted to Colorado State as an out-of-state student, but they were kind enough to let me move there for a year and, and uh, <laughs> get in-state tuition. But I took that time, worked in the veterinary school, worked in a yeah. veterinary practice. And again, that's kind of where I got that you know, well, I'm going to probably need to, you know, put some business ideas to this because I probably, you know, financially, I don't think I'm going to be happy if I'm just that everyday, you know, associate veterinarian. Yeah. And so I think um, getting yourself out there uh, to the continuing ed meetings and stuff, just to, you know, get a broad spectrum of opportunities in the profession and and see what aspect um really you know turns you on and you know i think there can be something for everybody i went back for my 25th class reunion a couple of years ago and i was surprised by people that you know had left the profession still had you know part of it is you know still part of their dna um but just didn't really make much of a go and that's you know uh, you know, I think really, uh, you know, a sad scenario when people put so much time and effort and passion into it. So, again, I think, you know, uh, again, that, that strategic planning, diversifying, um, looking at, you know, what things, uh, you know, will make it work well for you. 
I'm still, you know, going, growing in my veterinary life. And, you know, right now I'm going through a few struggles with kind of along that what I expected and what some of the reality is. I still take a lot of joy. And uh, this morning I ran down and took out a bunch of feet that have been, or toes that have been crushed by hit by a car. And, and that's, that's fun to me. Some of the other things get to me. Um, but I, when I first started my practice, I had some human doctors and some vets tell me, Hey, if you do emergency work for the first two years of your practice, you're going to, you're going to solidify the loyalty and a client base and you're, you're set. And I don't think they were lying to me, but to me, that was one of the biggest incorrect things I feel like I've experienced in my practice. I feel like, I think transactional might be a little bit more where I see a lot of my clients at. Not that I don't have good clients, but a lot of them I feel like it's a very transactional thing. Do you think that's something, uh, as you're a little bit uh, wiser veterinarian than me, having a few more years, do you think that's something that, you know, I'm going through and others might go through? Or do you think that's maybe a change that we've seen in the world a little bit with veterinary medicine? Uh, well, well, two parts I will say is I do think, you know, for a lot of veterinarians in that first couple of years out, that's what you're going to, the skills you develop are going to follow yeah. you. So I do encourage people, you know, if you're not going into internship and stuff, bust your butt the next couple of years in a really busy <laughs> practice or emergencies, because if you've got the medicine nailed down, um, mm -hmm. then like yourself, now you can focus on, you know, running the business because the other is second nature to you. So I think it's really yeah. important to be really competent in surgery, medicine, emergency mm -hmm. stuff. And one, it takes the stress off of you when an emergency yeah. you know, <laughs> comes in or a pseudo emergency because you've seen it all. Yeah, um, I love watching my vet students, their eyes widen and I'm like, just, just breathe deep. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, I mean, that's some of the stress for some folks is going to a clinic in the first, you know, few years you know ownership wants to you know hide in the surgery room because yes. you know, they've seen enough clients and so you don't get that experience and so you never get comfortable with it and but it also impacts you from a production standpoint because um, yeah. you you know face it a little harder to you know uh, produce when you can't do some of these bigger cases and so I think get your experience and then you can do whatever you, you want after that um, makes a really big difference. From the transactional aspect, um, I don't know. I mean, some of it's teaching um, to me. I mean, I really enjoy clients and you know, I have a philosophy um, in terms of, uh, you know, if you take that so-called difficult client, if you start getting into the self-talk and stuff, um, you know, it's really easy to see all the clients as, as difficult. But if you <laughs> yeah. enjoy the different characters um, and take it with a little bit of a grain of salt and exceed their expectations, um, I mean, it, 
there is a lot of joy in practice. I mean, I really have enjoyed it and, you know, appreciate the clients and, um, you know, there's a lot of you know, humor and stuff in what we, we do and some sadness, but I, I try, even though, again, yes, I'm on that, you know, that business spectrum, um, but I respect that, you know, some people, you know, have their either capabilities financially or priorities. And so, you know, I think we do the, you know, the best that we can for folks and just, um, you know, it's the old adage of offer the best, you know, medical care. It does get into, you know, a topic of, okay, wellness plans, budgetary plans, pet insurance, where do those fall in the future? And so I think there's a, a place for those things. And I think, you know, for some people, um, it is easy to get stressed, you know, by having yeah, to talk yeah. finances, but I think you got to have, you know, some thick skin and, and be realistic. And the other thing for me is personally, I like to work in an environment where another team member is delivering that um, uh, treatment plan to the client. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, but, you know, I'm realistic and, and I'm not, uh, you know, overly pushy. A lot of times it's like, hey, you know, this would be the ideal way to do it, but. Um, you know, here's your options. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I always with clients, I'm like, here's, here's all the options. I'm here to help you choose and make a, the best choice for you and your pet. And uh, I think some vet students, uh, at least when they're at the clinic, I'm like, remember, it's not always going to work out how you want, but uh, if you can work with the client to get somewhere that's going to be best for the patient and, and client and you. So, yeah. So, yeah, no, thank you for those answers. So maybe a little different tract here um, uh, or a lighter subject. I read your bio uh, and I saw you were a, run a runner and I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I tried doing some running for a while and, it, you know, I felt very good when I did it. Um, but the amount of dedication and and everything. So what what got you into running? Was that with vet school in the stress? Because that's when I ran the most or jogged. I did not run. I jogged a little. <laughs> um, you bring me back to a um, memory I have at uh, the Savma Symposium at, uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, and they had this, I don't know, Kel Poke 5K run. Uh, I still have a T-shirt from it, uh, actually. Uh, and we, me and a, a buddy of mine, um, you know, ran that. And it was just part of the festivities at the thing. And we hadn't been running at all. Um, but that's a good part of youth. We had no problem uh, doing it. And I guess we must have. <laughs> had enough maybe we didn't stay up late enough the night before but um <laughs> i um actually i really got into running more so uh, moved to ann arbor in 94 after i graduated and um we were having our first child and i was like you know i want to keep up with the kids <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's going on uh gosh it's close to 30 years that I run most of the time, at least three to five times a week, um, yeah. if not, yeah. not more. So I was uh, 5K, 10K, half marathoner, 
my uh, niece just talked me into doing my first marathon. It was her 30th birthday and my 60th. So we just uh, uh. <laughs> did that. I qualified for Boston. So now I have to run like three or four before uh, Boston in April oh, 24. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, it, that and, and I do triathlon. Um, I think, yeah, one of my uh, slogans in vet school actually was um, sound body, sound mind. And so I think yeah. it just, um, you know, helps me stay grounded. Um, so yeah. I, I really in, enjoy it. And as long as I can, you know, still uh, do it, it'll be great. <laughs> I've got um, grandma's marathon coming up. It's a pretty well-known marathon in Duluth, Minnesota. I'm going to run with my son. Uh, who's 20 he'll be 26 at the time so his first marathon uh okay. so we're gonna do that together so yeah it's just part well, of part of my life <laughs> good good luck to all your runs and all your family <laughs> running too um sounds like you enjoy it though is there a favorite part of vet medicine that you have like what's your i, I i'm guessing you're going to say something with the business but is there something you're just like this is what i love I had a favorite dermatology uh, professor in uh, Colorado State, and so I've always enjoyed the dermatology yeah, aspect, yeah. maybe the best. But I like general practice. I mean, I like the uh, clinic environment and the chaos and the you know the clients, and you know I don't look at you know the, a lot of them are just characters to me, and and, and a lot of you know mostly. You know, people with pets, um, you know, I think, uh, and they're coming to the to the veterinary hospital. So I think everybody's got some goodness with them. And so I really enjoy that, that client interaction, you know, 99% of the time. But yeah, so uh, that, but I, I do like general practice and I would say derm and, you know, the business side, that's, uh, you know, it's always been just kind of a little second second nature and so um you know i like that aspect as well oh good yeah uh it's it's fun just all the all the little things you can find that i'm like oh this is cool I, I think medicine is cool and you know there's always something that i'm like this is neat uh, my tech keeps saying that he's new to the profession he's like isn't this just neat and i'm like it, it takes me back because i'm you know, I've done a hundred of whatever he thinks is neat. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess it is kind of neat <laughs> that we're able to do this and stuff. So, oh, I was having lunch, gosh, a couple months ago with a few, uh, I'd say, senior veterinary friends. You know, in their upper sixties, early seventies, they're still practicing pretty much full time, and I was, you know, and financially they're you know, in good scenarios. So I was like, wow, it's um, amazing that they continue uh, to practice on a pretty darn regular basis. Yeah. And I think for some, um, that passion is, um, and their calling for it is, is pretty amazing. And I, for them, I think, in questioning them, I think it just keeps them young, you know, and some are yeah. also like, well, what else am I going to do? <laughs> you know, but I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, 
Um, so I find plenty of other things to do besides it, but uh, it, it is nice to see that some people love it that much that yeah. well yeah. into their 70s are still, you know, practicing on a regular basis. And I don't know if it's a different work ethic or not, but uh, it's, it's probably a mix of both. But <laughs> So we're going to take it short break. I'm very happy to have Dr. Jeff Rothstein with us, um, but on our next episode, we're going to go ahead and talk about the shortage um, in veterinary medicine. So come back to our next episode. I'm Dr. Nathan. Thanks for listening. I hope our discussions are valuable to you and aid in giving perspective. If you want to contact us, please reach out to theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. You can find a complete list of the podcast episodes on SoundCloud. If you find this information helpful and want more content, please join our Patreon, patreon.com slash theveterinarypodcast. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theveterinarypodcast. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope this information is helpful to you. If you do find it helpful, please like it, share it, so other people may find it helpful as well.